Welcome back to the All-American Podcast. I am Max Olson, joined by my friends and colleagues, Nicole Auerbach and Chantel Jennings. Uh, another Tuesday college football playoff rankings out. Uh, really no big surprises there. Uh, same top four, top five as last week. But uh, what do you guys think? Any any hot takes, any initial impressions that uh, that stood out to you? I have lots of hot takes, Max, but do they, do they have to be about the rankings? For- <laughs> We're not, we're not here for your Bachelor hot takes. Let's just go straight <laughs> hey, to the rankings. First of all, that show is not on yet, but you guys will know when the new season premieres. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, nice. I, <laughs> I mean, I obviously, Chantel and I lived in Big Ten country for a long time. And so, you know, the first thing that jumped out to me was Wisconsin. I don't know about you guys. I mean, I think the question is whether or not, A, if they stay undefeated, do they make it into the playoff? But B, do they even control their own destiny? I think that's, like, really the interesting Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me stop you there. Let me stop you there. Why do we we say control your own destiny? Why do we say that? Chantel, can you (laughs) – are you with me on this? I was laughing, actually, as you said this, Nicole, because – Did you argue about this last week? No, a few weeks ago we had asked on the podcast, what is your least favorite thing that a play-by-player commentator says? And I really didn't have anything. And then I realized today as I was watching some of the ranking shows that – They say it a lot. They say – who you know do they control or not control their destiny and the thing about destiny and fate is that by definition it's predestined you don't control it so nicole let's start back over look Uh, time time is a flat circle okay this this championship's already been played we just don't know it okay so so wisconsin has no control over its destiny because (laughs) no no one does so let's go back Let's just let's just uh be very clear if they win a lot of football games they might be able to play for a national t- championship. That is their wow, situation. Max, that is the opposite of a hot take. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting philosophical two minutes in, guys. All right, yeah, so go right. back, though. Wisconsin on not controlling its destiny because no team does. Nicole, take it from here. Okay, first of all, if anyone could control their own destiny, it would be Barry Alvarez. We all know this. But no, I think if Wisconsin What does that mean? Wins- I'm sorry. Okay, you guys have an issue with the phrase control your own destiny. I'm just saying, if someone had supernatural powers, it would be Barry Alvarez. Do you not believe that? I Okay, all right. Go, Go on. on. Okay. All right. So I think that Wisconsin is still in okay shape. The fact that Northwestern is now a top 25 team, Iowa is number 20, you're going to get a Michigan State or an Ohio State in the championship game. I think they're going to have the caliber of teams that they're going to need in the resume ahead of them. And so I think if you're Wisconsin, you've got to be feeling pretty good. And I think if you're an undefeated power five team, you're going to get into the playoff in a conference champion. That, that to me, I don't think you can argue that. I know that, you know, there, there people are going to throw out two sec teams or Notre Dame taking a spot, but I just can't see Wisconsin if they win out being left out. I think it puts the committee in a really hard spot because you could have a team that is undefeated, that is a conference champion. But as of right now for the Kellner rankings for strength of schedule, Wisconsin's at 70. You have a team like Washington that's at 74, and we've talked about the cupcake schedule they've played. But Washington still has Washington State, which is 19 as of now, as well as a potential USC if they win the South on on there. And so I'm not, I don't think the Pac-12 has a a road to the playoff you sure um, you don't I don't think they have a road to the playoff <gasps> but I'm just saying that I think it puts the committee in a tough spot because the their strength of schedule just isn't that great and when it comes down to the wins you know they'll have some but not as many as others 
Now hold on. Why? How did we jump right into this? We had a. We just watched Ohio State get destroyed by Iowa. We just watched Penn State lose to Michigan State, which makes Michigan State a little bit stronger. But we spent all day Saturday saying the Big Ten is in trouble. How is it suddenly okay? Wisconsin may be in decent shape. Okay, first of all, I wrote that Wisconsin is still their best hope, which is still accurate, Max. But Clearly. Yeah, so okay couple things have changed and in in one thing that is really important is to watch those bottom of the top 25 rankings and and they're gonna matter as we get closer and closer to the end of the year Michigan could sneak in there that would be another top 25 opponent for Wisconsin as well but I think what we're seeing is like Michigan State jumped 12 spots after beating Penn State last yeah, week. yeah that was surprising and all of a sudden they're number 12 in the college football playoff rankings that's a two-loss team that if they win out, they're going to be in the championship game against, theoretically, Wisconsin. That's a really quality opponent. That's a, clearly a team that the committee is giving respect. So clearly these Big Ten teams are all capable of losing to each other, which is something that we have seen. But I do think that if you're going to go undefeated, I don't know. If it's a one-loss Wisconsin team, I'm not sure about any of this. But if you go undefeated and you're going to pick up wins over some of those teams, I think you're going to be okay. I'm I'm with you on Michigan State right now, Nicole, because they've jumped to number 12. That's a 12-spot bump for them over, with a big win, obviously, but the committee respects that team. Uh, I, you know, I don't know if they're necessarily the number 12 team in my book, but they have the 19th best strength of schedule. So when you look at it that way, their wins will be good. Their losses are also good, which is something the committee talks about. They have a good Notre strength Dame. of schedule. And so, I mean, are we actually potentially if the, if Michigan State wins the Big Ten title, I guess they could have a shot. Where's Chris Vanini? We need we need to, we need our resident Michigan State grad on the pod. Okay, here's here's my problem with this though. You're talking about you're making this case for why the Big Ten's strong, and I get that, but there's still the immovable problem ahead of them. Okay, with Georgia, Alabama. Notre Dame, Clemson, potentially Oklahoma. Oh, all the other good even football, Miami. All the good football teams are ahead of them. That's no, the problem. No, no. Well, that, they're all that, playing what, each that other. Who, if if these teams went out, and obviously, you know, someone. Know, Max. So no, I'm saying, hold on, I'm saying, obviously, the SEC champion uh, has a chance to win out. The, mm-hmm. the the team that loses the SEC championship will not. But if if Oklahoma, if Notre Dame, if Alabama or Georgia. If these teams are able to win out, who is moving down below Wisconsin at the end of that? No one. I agree with you. The chips would have to fall their way. But I just didn't think we would be here 10 weeks into the season saying that there is a potential, not a big potential, that Michigan State could be in the playoff. I did not see that happening. That is surprising. That's quite a jump. No. That's quite a jump. I mean, they're going from three and nine last year. And I talked to Dave Warner, co-offensive coordinator this week about that. And he was just kind of talking about how rewarding that is and and how well Brian Lewerke is playing. They've kind of abandoned the run game the last few weeks. And, you know, maybe they are good enough to get to the Big Ten championship game. But we did also see sort of this scenario, although you did have Ohio State from the same conference, but you saw a Big Ten champ get left out last year. So to your point, Max, that's fair. Um, but the point is also that, especially this coming weekend, we're going to see a lot of these teams go up against each other. You're going to have five and six Mm -hmm. Oklahoma TCU Mm -hmm. go up against each other and you've got Miami, Notre Dame. I mean, I think that the path is going to clear out for some of these teams. You're right. If if certain teams win out, it does certain things to the picture. Um, but I think we are going to get some clarity in some of those situations and, and Max, I'm sure 
you'll be watching Oklahoma TCU pretty closely, especially after a couple mm-hmm. of Kirby Hokut's comments about TCU's defense and compared to, to Oklahoma's. Oh my gosh. I'm really getting, you know what? I, I don't like being backed into this corner of defending Oklahoma's defense because it's not a good defense. <laughs> like Oklahoma's defense is number 93 nationally in stop rate this week and has been hanging around there in the eighties and nineties um, all season. And, but I, I gotta be honest, I'm just getting so tired of the maligning that the big 12 is getting. I watched an incredible game Saturday. In How many Stillwater. points, Max? How many yards of offense? A lot. So Too many. many. Just so big, many 12, so big 12 points. points, big 12 yards of offense. But I got to say, I got to say, I, I don't like being backed in this corner of, of defending Oklahoma's uh, defense because whew, they, they've, there's not been very many bright moments for that, that group. But how can you not watch that game and just appreciate that you're, that these are two of the best offenses potentially in big 12 history and, and two of the best quarterbacks that their programs have ever had. I thought it was an incredible offensive showdown um i i i just get tired of this talk that the big 12 doesn't play defense you look at these teams last year they played auburn and colorado in big bowl games last year and they killed them you know what i mean so i i talked to gary patterson about this today at, at tcu and he's tired of you know big 12 coaches are tired of it and tired of defending it uh they say if these other teams in the in the top 10 top 15 had to play oklahoma or, or had to play oklahoma state and face those offenses themselves they'd understand so Here's I'm my not thing. trying to go, get on this hot rant here, but oh my god, a little bit, a little bit. Okay, but here's the thing that I—I I I know get... it's going to be a thing the rest of the month, though, so yes. it's just not going to go away. But this is the part of all of that that really confuses me because you have a player like Baker Mayfield, who at this point I, I just don't want to bet against the guy. I watched him play; he was lights out, and it was sort of, you know, the defense isn't great. But does it matter if you don't have a championship level defense like Kirby Hokett said about that defense? When you have someone on the offense like Baker Mayfield and an offense that runs like that team does, I, I just don't see how that can still be a viable argument when you have an offense playing like that. Well, so here's the interesting point. I mean, when we talk about some of these teams, and in, in the past we've talked about, you know, when the SEC was super dominant and we're, all we're hearing about is how great all of these defenses are, we're not really talking about play teams that have mediocre offenses, you know, mm-hmm. like I, I, for some reason I, you know, it's this idea that like a great defense matters more than a Heisman trophy caliber quarterback and an offense like Oklahoma. Um, and, and yeah, that we, you know, defense wins championships is a nice little phrase, but that's kind of not exactly where the game is these days. So Max, I'm a little bit sympathetic to your side here. Although I do like to see teams hold people like under 50 points. I just think it's like, you don't hear people say like, I don't like to watch Tom Brady and the Patriots because I don't like their defense. You know what I mean? Like, it's Uh just why do we invent this stuff? And I get it. The Big 12 has this this reputation for, you know, more than a decade of when you have these high scoring offenses. Obviously, it makes it very hard to play defense in this conference. And, you know, potentially this week, I mean, look, TCU is playing the best defense in the Big 12. So... I won't be surprised if they get into a, a 31-28 kind of game. That's what they had uh, two years ago in Norman. I wouldn't be surprised if we see that again with the way Gary Patterson has that defense playing, and, and maybe that will make people happier. I don't know. I, I, I just think it's a bummer when people watch that, that game in Stillwater with a really good Oklahoma State team that didn't drop very far in the rankings, obviously. Um, to, to see a game like that where both teams are firing away like that and, and be grossed out, it bums me out. 
Well, Max, if, if this makes you feel any better, I don't like watching Tom Brady and the Patriots because I find him horribly unattractive. Whoa. <laughs> That's interesting. You hear a lot of people complaining about Tom Brady for a lot of, a lot of reasons, but you don't hear that. That's not on the top ten list, I don't think. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, sounds like a you problem. Area. It's just it's a, it's a Boston thing. It's, it's Yeah. You know, not it, it overrides the whole Michigan element to things. But Chantel, what do you think? Offense, defense, what should matter more? I, I think it's all about the combination. Coaches constantly talk about the three phases of the that game. Is, no, that is like a Kirby Hocut answer. Ooh, had a great <laughs> sidestep, by the way. His I, being like, well, look, Oklahoma's let me, defense? in, in well, Kirby's it's, defense, it's in, hold on. In, in Kirby's defense, um, he, it's his responsibility to speak for the entire committee. So it's not just Kirby's thinking. And, and he, as you remember, when they settled on the Final Four last year in December, he came out and he said that Oklahoma wasn't in this because of the championship defense. Obviously, right. Texas Tech does not play championship defense. So Oklahoma people, including Mike Stoops, were, were pretty upset about those comments. And I'm, I'm sure that's why he tried to, to sidestep that stuff on Tuesday. But um, I don't want to – I'm not throwing Kirby Huckett under the bus because he has a very hard job and he's trying to speak for everybody else. But it bums me out when these people on the committee look at Oklahoma and think they can't appreciate the greatness of this is an offense that can score points on Alabama and can score points on Clemson and Georgia. They just say, ooh, I don't know about the defense. So here's the thing, though, and I think it's a lot of the Big 12's reputation in terms of, oh, that conference doesn't play defense. I mean, in 2015, Alabama ranked 30th in scoring offense, and that's a lot better than where Oklahoma's defense ranks right now. But there wasn't a single person in the country that said, well, nope. Alabama's offense isn't scoring points. <laughs> Damn, you know, we can't, we can't have them as a top team. And yet we sort of have this issue where if you're you offense, yeah, you don't hear people say, like, I'm worried that up. Alabama can't score on these teams. You know what I mean? You don't right. hear that. And, you know, I think that that is said about teams in the Big 12 specifically with defenses. It's said, you know, even when Mike Leach has put together really great teams, if your offense can outscore whatever your defense is giving up, you're good in my book. You know, if you're winning games, it doesn't matter how you win games as long as you find a way to win them. And I think Oklahoma has kind of settled that um, pretty well for us thus far. But it's not just Oklahoma TCU that's big this weekend. I'm personally, I think Georgia Auburn, Georgia at Auburn specifically, that that is... That's a biggie. If you look at, yeah. at the playoff, which game has the most stakes of these three top ten games, I would say that one might be it for me. Well, think about the separation that if Georgia really took care of business in this game, think about the separation Georgia could cr- create between Georgia and Alabama. Now, obviously, Auburn can, can really shake up the whole situation with an upset this weekend, and I think they're playing pretty well. And, and when, one of your, you, you know, when one of your losses is Clemson, I think you're going to have the respect of the committee and, and stay in this hunt. But um, – I think there's a real chance. I think Georgia fans, I'm sure, are a little bit nervous about this one because, um, you know, we need to see if Jake Fromm can handle this moment. Well, and I think we already know that the committee does respect Auburn. They're the highest two-loss team in this week's rankings. And they, I think, out of any of the teams that we're going to talk about in this podcast, have the most that they could do to disrupt the playoff picture the way that it is here because they're also going to play Alabama. So not only as Max, you were saying, is there going to be separation potentially because you're going to have a shared opponent um, mm-hmm. and, and more data points to compare against each other uh-huh. when you're looking at Georgia and Alabama. But if this is a good Auburn team that is capable of knocking off one of these two teams as well. Alabama, very depleted on the defensive side of the ball. I, you know, I, I think that Auburn 
could do a lot more damage than just, you know, play a good game and then lose. Yeah, I think the thing to watch with Georgia and Alabama as we move forward, if if the SEC does get two teams in, the difference between being the number one and number two ranked team matters. If you're playing the number three or four ranked team, you know, these are all great teams, but you want to be that top ranked team so that you have the better matchup that is closer to home right out the gates. And so I think it'll be really, you look at strength of schedule, Georgia and Alabama are really close right now. We have Georgia at 35, Alabama at 31. They're going to have these common opponents. They're going to have a championship game played against one another. That'll, that'll obviously probably be what decides it. But if one of these teams gets a loss, a quality loss, I mean, maybe this is still something we're talking about down the road. That's the thing. I mean, when, when people throw out these hypotheticals of, you know, would a one-loss Georgia still make the playoff? A week like this helps decide that. Uh-huh. Right. And, and, and I think that one other thing to keep in mind with all of this is that we haven't seen two teams from one league get in. We haven't seen a team that lost a championship game to another playoff team get in contention for a playoff spot. Um, and, and so, you know, all of this is still... I think going to play itself out. I mean, I think like, I'm going to be in Miami. I'm going to be at Notre Dame, Miami, which I think also can really clarify this picture. If Notre Dame uh-huh. wins again, uh, yeah. like Notre Dame's, I, I was talking to someone about this earlier today. They were asking if that 13th data point that Notre Dame won't have will matter, but they're going to have enough data points in 12 games. If they go 11 and one and their only loss is Georgia. Yeah, I think Notre Dame, they have the best strength of schedule of any team in the top 10 right now, and it's not even close. They're at eight. The next best team is Clemson at 14 and then Alabama at 31. And so they might not have all of those different points to compare, but the points that they do have are convincing to me. For some reason, people are still sleeping on Miami. Like Miami finally played a big game last week and won in very convincing fashion, I thought, against Virginia Tech. Well, but how- now they have to convince us again, Max. No, they how do. I, I'm curious how high how <laughs> high would Miami rise if they win this game? Mm. I mean, do you do you jump them up to three get- or four? I think maybe. I think yes, possibly. I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I'm very curious. It's going to depend, obviously, also how Oklahoma TCU goes, because I think if we see a good Oklahoma defense shut down this TCU offense well look Nicole I mean good's all good's all relative in that conversation but yes no but I mean I think that we we will actually have two really good games with like opponents that we can kind of compare and and you know we're not supposed to think of these rankings as as like moving up or hopping over teams week to week because they're theoretically starting over from scratch but I think you would be able to view it that way with these two caliber games so I, I think it would depend how they beat like how the two winners of those two games beat each other. I thought there was a possibility that Oklahoma could move ahead of Clemson this week. And I think the winner of Oklahoma TCU has an opportunity to do that for sure. I was actually pretty surprised they, um, they didn't just because Clemson had a seven point win over number 20 and Oklahoma had a 10 point win over number 11. I, you know, when I was doing my projections before the show, I assumed that Oklahoma would actually be number four this week. All right, guys, I feel like we've reached the point in the pod where it's time for some listener slash reader questions. And yeah, bring it on. Listener questions. One. Every Tuesday, I am doing, leading into the show, I'm doing questions that I want answered from the committee. And so this is a comment that was actually on that story on Tuesday on our website, The All-American. It's from Kevin H., And he said, I think the conference fixation is a reporter thing and not a fan thing. As an Ohio State fan, I couldn't care less if some other big team team makes the playoffs. 
I have no more loyalty to Wisconsin than to Clemson. I think reporters have been trained to overfocus on conference. So this isn't actually a question, but it did. No, look, I mean, let's let's say this is probably an Ohio State fan in a bad mood this week. So. It's been a, it's been a rough couple of weeks, but I, you know, I think that it's a decent point. Like, do fans care if their conference doesn't get in if it's not their team? Do you guys I think, think so? I think they do. I think there's enough bragging rights and strength of schedule elements now with the playoff that I feel like it matters more and it's not just like these sec fans who are kind of just hopping on alabama's coattails and chanting sec sec at bowl games i feel like there is a little bit more conference loyalty is that the right word Uh, i think there's i think i think there's some to some extent right like probably you know back in the day i don't think every sec fan was like rooting for tim tebow to win a national title right i don't think you're rooting against but you don't have to all i don't know you know what i mean (sighs) It's actually a good question. I've never really thought about that. Use your words, Max. You can figure it out. I can't. I need sleep. Right, Chantel, why don't you give your thoughts? Chantel, what, like do you, what do you guys... Let's talk this out for a second, though. Like, I think it's an interesting question. I guess there's the idea of this camaraderie with Ohio State and every other Big Ten team. That's fine. Here's where Big Ten fans should care, Kevin, is that if the Big Ten does not make the college football playoff this year, each Big Ten school is going to lose about... Um, And that that is not a ton of money in the grand scheme of football, I suppose, but it's not insignificant. And so... Okay, but but here is my last thought about this. Aren't these the same fans that are rooting for teams in their conference to beat, like, let's say if you're an Ohio State fan, aren't you rooting for if Michigan State plays Alabama to open the year, aren't you rooting for teams in your own league in the non-conference? Like, are you, you, I understand abandoning that like during conference play and with your rivals, but aren't these the same fans that now are suddenly paying so much attention to those games in September for this exact reason? I don't know. I think Kevin didn't even ask us a question. So maybe we should respond to Kevin. Well, I think uh, Ask him what he thinks. You know, it was a pointed, like, sentence answer statement uh-huh. that was really mm. a question. Okay, mm. well, I have another one. Sounds like, like we sounds like we definitely answered that one. Let's move on to the next one. <laughs> so, so, all right, here is a more fun question. It's from someone named Casey Masterman. And, again, not a question. Nicole, I would love to see the committee rank the best Thanksgiving side dishes and then crying, happy, laughing emoji face. So again, Mm. not a question, but I think we can each take this as if we were committee members and we had to do a top four of Thanksgiving side dishes. Um, Let's Mm -hmm. go, Max. Have you have you given this some thought? I've put an extreme amount of thought into this. Yeah. All right, let's hear it. (laughs) Okay, so I think my fourth seed is green bean casserole. That's the Mm. one I always make every year. Big fan. Nice. Uh, Three seed, I have mashed potatoes. Nice. Um, some would say, you know, overrated because it's it's just, you know, white fluffy potatoes, but they're wrong. Number two, <laughs> and I might be a little different here. I'm a big fan of cranberries. Do you guys like cranberries? No. No. That's too bad for you. <laughs> Those are and, very high ranking for cranberries. And number one is stuffing. So we got mm. stuffing against green bean casserole, and we've got cranberries against mashed potatoes Interesting. in my playoff. Interesting. But which one's going to the Rose Bowl then? <laughs> 
How do you determine which one's <laughs> further away than the other? I mean, stuffing is. Where did you? Where did you get your turkey? Stuffing is just the Alabama of sides. So Are the potatoes from Idaho. So <laughs> Alabama is uh, the really good defensive stuffing, and then which is the one that doesn't have a defense? Um, not like in the there's, playoff. there's no, right to me, there's like, there's no defense for, for yams. I can't defend yams. <laughs> exactly. All right. Okay, my top four. Uh, Max, I'm like you, green bean casserole coming in at number four. Three mm-hmm. is dressing. What's uh, dressing? Dressing yeah, what, is, what is what other is? people call stuffing. Um, but those of us from mm. Minnesota call it dressing. Oh, is this like that duck mm. duck? Like gray, gray duck, duck don't don't even act like you don't know it nicole it's definitely i'm gonna let duck this duck, slide chantel but i think you're calling it the wrong thing what's number two uh number two is like you max it but it's whipped potatoes not just mashed potatoes whipped potatoes oh um a little bit fancy. fluffier a little bit fluffier and number one i don't know if anyone else has this um at their thanksgiving my father puts uh, sweet things and everything. Brown sugar is generally the secret ingredient in anything we make. But we make this squash that has brown sugar and marshmallow on top of it. So any any benefit of eating a vegetable like squash is gone because it has a layer of brown sugar and marshmallow baked on top of it. It's incredible. I don't think okay. the committee can get behind brown sugar covered squash. As I would a try it. Consensus number one. It. It's really good. It's I'd be really good. The, I'd be open to the eye test, which is, I guess, a taste test in this sure. case. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, all right. Here's mine. A little bit different. Um, my number four is green beans with breadcrumbs. So mm-hmm. similar to a casserole, but delicious, right. crispy. Um, then number three, my number three seed is. Not mashed potatoes. It is like a scalloped potato thing oh. that my mom makes. Wow. It's good. I mean, a cupcake bit, uh, tin container thing. They're delicious. Mm-hmm. Number two. So the committee is really going to have a hard time deciding which potato belongs in the playoff, right? Mm-hmm. Well, which I mean, potato dish? Of the I think they're all from the are... same conference of root vegetables. <laughs> they're definitely from they the are. same conference. And they would root for each other, by the way. Okay. Um, okay. Number two. Good callback. Corn souffle. Don't know if you guys do this for the like corn casserole. I guess, but, but like fancier it's apparently. Like, it's like it's it like a fluffy, delicious mm. corn souffle with cheese on top. It's like bougie corns. That's what it okay, is. Okay, it's it's bougie corn. All right. And then number one, it's the it's a classic. I make it. My mom makes it. My grandma makes it. Everybody makes it. Not just for Thanksgiving, but everyone loves it on Thanksgiving. Pepperoni bread, appetizer, side dish. Pepperoni bread. Time dish. Number that one is seed. just like the most Rutgers Thanksgiving <laughs> dish you could come Rutgers, up with. How is this a Rutgers thing? I think it's just you're my, just trying like, to sneak in a shout out that Rutgers won against Maryland. And I oh, get we that. haven't even talked about this. Three Big Ten wins on the season for Rutgers. What a Chris season! Ash getting it done. What a season for us to be talking about them on our podcast every week. What a time All to right. be alive! <laughs> Can you give like the 10 second explanation of why you guys eat pepperoni bread on Thanksgiving? No, because we just eat it on all holidays because it's so popular in our family that it's always asked for Mm, okay is that so hard is that so hard to believe that something delicious and cheesy and pepperoni like melting in your mouth hold on i have i i want to give Rutgers a shout out right now too because i just realized that Rutgers has the same number of big 10 wins as iowa and nebraska oh wow what on god's green earth is going on wow yikes Number 20, Iowa. Center, Number 20, Iowa. Number 20, Iowa. Center of the college football universe, basically. Uh, 
Piscataway. I need I need some time to go think about this, you guys. Well, on that obligatory Rutgers note, I think that'll do shout it for out. today's All American Podcast. Thank you so much for for listening and subscribing, and, and shout out to all of our subscribers at the All American. Uh, if, if you are an enjoyer of podcasts, you can listen to this one on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Bumpers. All those wonderful places for podcasts. Uh, For Chantel and Nicole, thanks so much for listening. We'll see you guys next week.